Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. I was going to teach on something else, but the Spirit of the Lord directed me to this. I taught on the Sunday morning here at the church on the anointing. And um, the Lord just changed me as I sat down and said, I want you to teach that again. So I'm going to teach it again. (laughs) So um, there's not anything like the anointing. Why is that? Because it's the Holy Spirit and there's none like him. Hallelujah. And what I like most is he's the strongest power on the earth. Hallelujah. He is the strongest power on the earth. Hallelujah. And he lives in us. He lives in us. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you? He's the strongest power on earth and he lives in you. So you, with the Holy Spirit in you, are the strongest person on earth moving around with the Holy Spirit, doing what he says, going where he says go. Hallelujah. These are things, uh, church, we got to wake up and understand. Hallelujah. Sulobafrastia. Strong is the Lord. <laughs> in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter in the 21st and 22nd verse, it says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then in 1 John 2, 20 and 21, he says, but you have an anointing from him, from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of truth. So what these scriptures actually are saying is there is an anointing of the Holy Spirit in every believer, every believer. There is anointing of the Holy Spirit in every believer. And then that anointing is different according to your call. That anointing is different according to your call. Hallelujah. So you need to seek God and find out what is your call to. What am I called to? What is my calling? Have you ever done that? God is a purposeful God and he does nothing without purpose and he created you and you're here on the earth so you have purpose. Your first purpose is to preach the gospel. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Your next uh, purpose is to listen to the Holy Spirit and make disciples of those that you bring into the kingdom of God. And then third, you teach them so that they mature in Christ not as a disciple and move into Christ as he is in you, so you are in him. Hallelujah. So what does that mean? That means we just continue to mature in the things of God. 
we just continue to mature in the things of God as we hear the word and as we listen to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> so we all have a calling and we all have an anointing. But we must know what our calling is so that we move in that anointing correctly. Hallelujah. Because if you move in a calling that is not really you and not what God said to you and really called you to do, then there's no anointing. And then that no anointing, what happens? You become very dissatisfied. Because nothing's happening. But you say, Lord, I'm, I'm in my call. Well, that's good. But you know what you need to understand is you have a call and then you have a place in that call. And once you answer the call and move into the place that God intended you, there's the anointing. Hallelujah. You know, and I liken it to this. You know, a lot of times when we first... Uh, well, Buddy and I have pioneered several churches, but when you first pioneer a church, you just use any and everybody yeah. to help, right. you know, because you need the help. But there comes a time as they grow and you grow uh, as a congregation that you have to have those people understand that in their call, there is the right place. Especially those that seem to get tired and and yeah. a little disoriented and a little dissatisfied. You know, you need to sit down with them and say, okay, this is your call, right? Yes, I know this is my call. Okay, you're getting tired, you're getting disappointed, you're getting dissatisfied, you're out of place. Let's find your place. And then when you move them into their place, the anointing is there. The dissatisfaction leaves, the complaining leaves. Why? Because they have answered the call, but then they've come into understanding what their place is in that call, and the anointing flows, and the anointing is always refreshing. There's not that pull and, and you know, um, dread, really, of, okay, what am I going to do next? You know, all this kind of stuff. So understand that, there is a place in your calling that you are to be, and that's where your anointing will be. Praise God. I know, uh, of course, this has been many years ago now, but Buddy and I used to host for Brother Lester Summerall when we would go to, it would go to Israel with him, and we would host one of his buses for him. And um, just a little side thought, we always had a good time. <laughs> and Mrs. Summerall and the family always wanted on our bus. <laughs> Why? Because we knew how to have fun along with serving God. Yes. Mrs. Summerall said to me one day, she said, I'm so glad they put me on your bus. She said, I get so tired of some of those people that it's pray, pray, pray. Yeah. You know, you've got to be so in such a way, you know. And she said, you guys just flow, you know, and when there needs to be prayer, you pray and when there needs to be some words said, you say those words, but we have fun. And she said, and we have candy on this bus. <laughs> She's so cute. She was so cute. I loved her. But anyway, 
That those are the things that God allows you to do that are so fun and bless you so. And when you avail yourself to it, you learn so much. Yes. Hallelujah. But anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> so we were there. And Buddy usually went every morning with Brother, Brother Summerall up somewhere, some hill where Brother Summerall always talked to God every morning. And he always took Buddy with him because he said, Buddy's the only one that can keep up with me and my pace. He said, even my sons can't keep up with me, but Buddy can. <laughs> so uh, he liked for him to go with him. But that morning, he had something he was doing. And so Buddy said, I'm going to go up and pray. And I said, okay, I'll just stay here in the room and pray. So we were praying, and the Lord spoke to us about some things. He was on the hill, and I was in the hotel. And how many of you know the Lord talks to you according to your personality yes. and how you talk to him? Yes. You understand explicitly what he's saying. He doesn't talk in old English, you know, <laughs> which we would not even know some of those words. <laughs> but so, and he talked to me and he talked to Buddy, but he said basically the same thing. So when Buddy got back to the room and we were talking about our time with the Lord and uh, what God was saying to us, he was saying the same thing. And he was telling us to go back to Tulsa and that our congregation was changing. And that we were to leave the local pastorate and move out into the apostles' anointing and have um, churches, Bible schools, whatever, you know, that entails that ministries. And we were to oversee them. So we didn't go back to Tulsa and start saying, okay, guys, we're no longer your pastor and we got a new congregation. But no. You be led by the Holy Spirit and you begin to prepare them and have them have understanding so that there is um, as smooth a transition as possible. As long as there's people, it's not ever going to be completely smooth. But when you listen to the Lord and you do what he says, it is much smoother. There's always those that won't ever like anything you do. But that's okay. It's okay. The main thing is, are you listening to God? Are you following God, doing what he says? That's the key. Not what man says, but what God says. So anyway, and so we were in the process of all this, and I am setting up the um, ministerial organization and, and those kind of things. And Buddy and I both, we just stood at, at the house one day and said, have you felt the anointing lift of the, of the local pastor? And I said, yes, I have. He said, so have I. And you know, those last few months, it was very difficult because that anointing had lifted. And the anointing to move forth as God had called you was coming upon you. And it was different. And so you know when anointings shift. You know when anointings for certain things come upon you. And there's not only anointing, but there's also a grace for it that God gives you. And so I just remember that so, so vividly because I, can, I was so aware 
But when it lifted, and when the other began to come upon and flow. And so, you know, and even today, actually, we have more churches and Bible schools and different things overseas than we do here in, in the States. But um, God has blessed us, you know. And it wasn't because of anything we did except follow God and obey God and flow in our place in the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, we need to recognize that and understand um, understand that uh, your calling is from God. Your calling is from God. And it doesn't matter what you think you want to do or what you think you should do. You stay in the calling and the place where God called you. So you stay under the anointed, anointing and you're protected. Because if you don't do that, then there's different things. I can remember, this has been many years ago now, but I've lived long enough. I've seen quite a bit of this, unfortunately. But this particular man I knew personally, and he was an awesome evangelist. He had all kinds of uh, gifts of the Spirit manifestation in his ministry. Besides people being born again, receiving the Holy Spirit, he had miracles. Uh, you know, just gifts of healings, just all kinds. It was awesome, absolutely awesome. But he decided that he wanted to teach. And several of his peers talked to him and said, is this something God has said or something that you think you want to do? And he said, I want to do this. And they said, well, if God hadn't called you to do it, you shouldn't do it. I'm going to do it because I want to do it. That was his answer. It wasn't God has told me. It was, I want to do it because I want to do it. And unfortunately, he brought much confusion because he was not a teacher. He didn't have understanding of the word and knew how to dig into the word and, and, and you know, dig until you find certain things and have understanding and all, all that goes with the teaching uh, ministry or call. He didn't have that. So he just, the time Let's put it this way. The time I heard him, he just brought forth scripture and put his meaning on it. Which brought confusion. And unfortunately, he died prematurely. Why? Because he wanted to do what he wanted to do. He got out of the will of God. He was not flowing in his call and there was no anointing. And it led him to destruction which is unfortunate, but we have seen it happen before. And it's unfortunate. So it's important that you stay in your call. <laughs> um, you know, and we are under the days of grace, thank God, but there still comes a time that sooner or later you have to judge yourself. You know, the Bible plainly says, judge yourself lest you be judged. And I'll just read it. This, it says... 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one says, For if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned 
with the world. Well, what is that saying? That's saying to us, when you judge yourself before God and you judge yourself, then the Lord will chasten you. In other words, he will show you the path that you've taken that he has not asked of you. But if you don't do that, then you are condemned by the world. What does that mean? That means that they condemn you, they don't trust you, they don't like anything about you because you are not consistent in how you are moving, supposedly, with God. The world sees these things, and I don't want to be condemned to the, uh, from, condemned of the world so that the call that I have and the things that God's asked of me are of no avail. <clears throat> so judge yourself. Judge yourself. Um, you know, I can remember, and I've, I've asked my dad this <laughs> through the years so many times, but I just wanted to make sure, you know, that I was hearing what he was saying. Very simple. And I'd say, Dad, you know, how do you... Um, Stay in the place that you know you're following totally what God has called you to do. That you haven't veered off over here to something that he hadn't called you to do. Or you're not flowing completely in that which he has called you to. And he said, well, at least once a year, I take my Bible and my notebook and me. And I get by myself he said, sometimes I just close myself up in my office at home. Sometimes I may, you know, go to a hotel room. But he said, I get with God, just me and God, my Bible, and my notebook. And I begin to ask him, Lord, am I still flowing in the call that you call me to? Have I left some things out? Have I added things that you didn't uh, put in the call? And he said, as I pray and seek the Lord about that, then I write down the things that he tells me, you know, and then I make correction. I said, okay, thank you. And I asked him that th through the years several times, and he always told me the same thing. But what was I doing? I was wanting to make sure I was hearing properly. I wanted to hear it over again, over again, so that I knew that I was following exactly what I needed to do because I knew that he was confident in that and steadfast in that. And there are many times, even though we think we know what they said, we need to go back and hear again. <clears throat> and that goes with seeking God. You may know what you think you heard him say, but make sure that you're following him totally because, you know, uh, the church, I believe, has been robbed of many, many blessings that we should have had because people didn't minister under their call and anointing. So many things. So, um, yes, we can be in ministry and not flow in the anointing. We can. Yes. It's pretty dry, but we can. <laughs> I myself would not want to be there. But you always have to look at yourself. Check up on yourself.
you have to know you're, what you're doing is right with God, what he has said to you. And many times the why of why he wants you to follow this direction. Sometimes in my um, ministry, you know, I think, well, Lord, that person over there, they're such an excellent teacher. They just, oh my goodness, it's just so wonderful. I, I just love that, you know. And um, and I have a friend that ministers, and she's so good with what we call, used to call, illustrated sermons. You know, she had all these props and all these things, and it just brought it all together. So neat, you know, and I'm like, that is just so neat. That's just so, I love that. And he said, but that's not what I called you to. He said, I called you, first of all, to minister on the Holy Spirit and the love of God. But he said, I also said to you, I want you to teach the Holy Spirit in practicalities and very simple because that's how I am and how I put it in my word. He said, it's your year minds that make it difficult. But he said, my word is very simple and very practical. And when you take me at my word, it works. So I said, yes, sir. And that was the end of that. We didn't talk about that anymore. I got it. <laughs> and it is different sometimes. You know, the, the um, phase that I'm in now is very different in, in a lot of ways and how I've always ministered now. Uh, in many ways, I have ministered. But you know what? That's okay. It's what God said. Yeah. It's what God said. And, you know, pastors, I'm going to just say this to you, pastors. It doesn't matter how much you study for your sermons and for to bless the people and feed the people if you're not feeding yourself personally on a personal level. Preparing from a sermon is different than being before God and ministering to Him and allowing Him to minister to you and growing personally with Him and in Him. And we must learn that. And we also must learn this one thing, that what God gives me he expects me to speak forth with very, very explicit understanding so that the people get it, so that they have a good feast. Because that's your job is to present a feast to them that they receive and they continue to grow. The reason for that is... Um, when people come, when you're pastoring, you know this, people come and they want, you know, advice or they need help, whatever. But understand this. If they keep coming back, the same old stuff, they're just waiting. They think if they come back long enough, They'll hear you say what they want to hear you say. And they're not going to hear what they want to hear because it's what they've thought up in their mind of how it should be. 
as long as you keep speaking the word to them, they're going to hear the word. In fact, um, I was, uh, when Buddy and I were pastoring and we were, uh, had ministered to this couple several times, and I said, okay, Lord, I'm done with this. They come back every week with the same old stuff. They're not hearing what we're saying. What's, what's going on here? He said, okay. He said, give them some homework. And he said, if they don't do the homework, then your time is done. Well, we gave them homework, and they didn't come back. <laughs> that tells you something. And I said, Lord, what about this? And he said, well, if you will notice them, they come to church sometimes. Sometimes they don't. They're not consistent. And they don't come to receive the feast that is prepared for them on a consistent basis. Because if they were coming to receive the feast on a consistent basis, you notice I said receive the feast? on a consistent basis, they wouldn't be in your office. And he said, anybody that does not come consistently to the feast does not deserve a spoon feeding. So we need to, we need to recognize that. They're wasting your time and theirs. They're wasting your time and theirs. So be careful who you're spoon feeding. Hallelujah. Praise God. Make sure they're feasting when they should. Praise the Lord. And they won't have as many questions and problems because they're coming to feast. They're coming to receive and they receive it in. And then as they keep receiving, they learn how to apply it in their life and they walk in it. And as a result, they're maturing in God. And that's what we as pastors are supposed to be doing. Preparing a feast for them that they can take hold of and retain in their daily life. Praise God. So, you know, if you're called to be a pastor, flow in that anointing. If you're called to be an evangelist, flow in that anointing. Uh, if you're called to be ministry of helps, flow in that anointing. Praise God. Amen. All those things are important in the body of Christ and in this life that we live. They're all important. All the ministry gifts are important. But I'm telling you what, the ministry of helps is needed tremendously. Because as a church, let's take this local church. If they did not have the ministry of helps that they have, uh, Pastor Nancy would not have been able to fulfill the vision that God had given to her and, and Ed uh, and be as far as they are now. Because we're not, uh, you know, an island unto ourselves. We, we're not, God has not designed us to do everything. But he has designed us to all fit together as one. Hallelujah. So we need to, that's why we need to follow, flow in our calling in our place with our anointing. Praise God. <laughs> so the more we function in that, the stronger the anointing will be. Praise God. 
so we can cause the anointing to diminish or we can cause it to increase. It's according to what we do and the choices we make of how far we go in the call that God has given to us. I know we said a lot about, it seems like we said a lot about choice this week, but it, it, it all comes down to that. It all comes down to that. If you don't like where you are in life, change your choices. Change your choices. You are where you are because of your choices that you have made. And you either choose to be a student of the word and know the Father God and the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, or you choose to ride the fence and one day you're carnal and the next day you're spiritual, you know? But what's going to happen to that? Eventually, one of them is going to become stronger than the other. And you'll have to get off the fence. And let's hope you get off of the fence on the right side. Praise God. So what do we do to increase our anointing? Well, we study. We study the Word of God. We pray. We, you know, prayer is so important in your life. I think I said this Sunday morning. I'm, I don't, I think that's when I said it. But, you know, praying in tongues is so important in our lives. The reason being is because not only does it develop within you a confidence that you know the Holy Spirit, but it keeps you aware of his voice and that he is there living on the inside of you and that he is there for the purpose of Jesus said to help you in anything, anywhere, anytime. All you have to do is say, Holy Spirit, I need this. And it, it, uh, it's so important that we have understanding of these things to walk in them. And, and that that we're doing and that that we're saying and, and, and following forth and, and maturing in, in him. There's too many what I call fat little babies in the body of Christ. Those of you that are old enough remember weebles? Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. That's the way a lot of, a lot of Christians are. They're full of the word, but they never do anything or what they're supposed to do to get that word out to others and to bless others. They just want to, you know, they want to hear, they want to hear, they want to hear, and they just become fat little babies wobbling around. Don't always fall, but they, they wobble. Why do they wobble? Because they're not steadfast in their foundation. Yes of the word of God and the spirit of God because they, all they want to do is hear the word, 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 hear the word. Well, that's wonderful. The word is absolutely wonderful. I don't let a day go by that I don't look at my word, read my word. But I also need the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what brings that word alive unto me. The Holy Spirit is the one that causes me to have understanding and revelation of what that word is saying to me. So we need the word and we need the spirit. Praise God. <laughs> so we have to, uh, and what I was, I didn't finish what I was saying about praying in tongues, did I? <laughs> so, you know, many times I'm just praying in tongues about some things and 
I just say, Lord, I just gonna hook up with the Holy Spirit and pray in the Spirit, and I just pray in tongues and 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 I know that I'm praying about certain situations in my life and what's going on around me. And sometimes I know right then what it's all about. Sometimes I don't. Maybe two weeks later, I'm in a situation and out of my mouth comes wisdom of God and I think, oh, that's what I prayed two weeks ago. I just knew. Well, how did I know that? Because I know the Holy Spirit. I know how he works with me and I know how I work with him. It's so important. Praying in tongues. Oh, my. You need to do it all the time. All the time. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than ye all to the Corinthians, and they were really abusing tongues. They were. Because they didn't have understanding of it. He had to come in and teach them, like I said last night. But at the same time, he was using that tongue language, that prayer language, to not only help himself and bless himself, but to be built up so that he could bless others and reach out to others and have a boldness and an anointing to do so. You know, the natural, I'm a pretty quiet person. I, uh, I sit and I observe. I enjoy doing that. I learn a lot. But at the same time, I don't move back into the place where I used to be. I was a very introverted person in my younger days. You know, I enjoyed being in the background. I didn't care if anybody ever knew who I was. It didn't matter to me. It still doesn't. But <laughs> as far as that goes, because I know who I am. But, uh, and, and you know, and I, I would just be petrified if I thought I had to get up in front of anybody and say anything. I mean, that's just how I was, you know. And people all the time thought I was, um, oh, what's the word, arrogant? I don't know. You know, because they thought I, because I didn't speak to them or whatever, but I, Actually, I was in such fear. I, being an introvert brings fear, folks, <laughs> in so many ways. If you know, allow the Spirit of God to work in you and through you. He does not change your personality, but he changes that fear that is within you and produces love in its place, which causes a confidence within you then. So, um, anyway, <laughs> but, I mean, it... Praying in tongues is what brought me out of a lot of that after the Lord talked to me about it a little bit. And uh, so anything in your life, praying in tongues is going to bring you a long way in it. Hallelujah. Not only that, you know, I've had people come up and say to me, well, I know I have the Holy Spirit. I have a few words, but I've been full of the Spirit for 10 years, and I still only have those three words or four words. I say, well, how much do you pray in tongues? Well, once in a while. I said, well, if you pray in tongues every day, you would have plenty of prayer language. Your prayer language will have grown and matured, and you just, without thinking about it, talking tongues and they just get this shocked look on their face really and I said sure I said you have to practice what God says you have to practice what God says a lot of people don't like the word practice 
But it's a good word. And it'll help you if you use it. (laughs) You know, how do I practice the word? I practice the word by reading it, by studying it, by speaking it. By telling others about it. It, it's 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 uh, how do I practice learning to know the Holy Spirit? Pray in tongues, Amen. pray in tongues, Amen. read the scriptures about the Holy Spirit yeah. and who He is. Jesus said He was be everything to you that you needed. Yeah. That's why I say a lot of times. I said it last night. I love the Holy Ghost, yeah. and the reason I love the Holy Ghost is He's everything to me. Jesus said He would be. Hallelujah. And if he's not everything to you that Jesus said he would be, it's simply because you're not allowing him to be. And that's the only reason. The only reason. So, hallelujah. (laughs) These are not in my notes. (laughs) None of this is in my notes. I don't even know where I am. Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, I'm sitting here, aren't I? Hallelujah. So we cannot neglect the study of the word. Praying, making yourself be a prayer person. Praying in the Holy Ghost so that you flow in the anointing with the call that God has given to you. As Timothy says, we must be a workman who studies to show ourselves approved. Hallelujah. Um, Because if you're not, then let's just read this. Let me just read this. Second Timothy 2.15 says, A workman who doesn't study will be put to shame. I don't want to be put to shame. So you either lose the anointing or it just won't manifest because you're not in the place to even hear to allow him to manifest. Hallelujah. So we have to continually study the word, pray in the Holy Ghost, um, allow him to speak to us. Uh, You know, prayer is communication. It's not monologue, it's communication. So we have to learn to yield to the Holy Spirit so that we not only pray in the Holy Spirit and pray in tongues, but we hear what he is saying and allow him to speak through us. That gives us understanding. And I think I gave this illustration Sunday morning. I'm not sure, but this was many years ago. And uh, I was in the grocery market and um, I was busy with my list because I only had so much time. And... um, I wasn't paying attention to who who was around me, really. And I started down this one aisle, and the Lord said to me, Now, the lady that just passed you, when you start down the other aisle, she's going to be coming up that aisle. And I want you to look her right in the face and smile. And I said, Well, Lord, that's kind of (laughs) lame. And you know what he said? He said, Just do it. Okay, okay. So I went down the aisle, and when I saw her come around, I thought, okay, I'll do what you said, Lord. 
So when she got close, I just looked her right in the eye and I smiled. I just smiled. And when I smiled, she smiled back. And when she smiled back, these tears started coming down her face. And I, I said, excuse me, are you, are you okay? And she said, I am, I am. And I said, uh, are you sure? And she said, may I speak with you? And I said, sure. She said, I've been having really, we've been having really struggles in my home for the last three weeks. And she said, that's the first time I smiled or laughed in three weeks. And she said, it just blessed me. And she said, um, she said, there was something about when you smiled, your countenance was so full of love and there was light. And, and she said, I just, it, it, it just touched me. And I said, well, honey, do you know Jesus? And I said, that's where the smile and the light and the brightness and the love comes from. She said, yes, I do, but I have not been living for him in many, in several years, she said. And I said, well, that's the reason you're having the struggles. I said, will you do me a favor? I said, will you look around, maybe close to where you live, uh, and find a church that's full of love, teaches the word, and knows the Holy Spirit? She said, yes, ma'am, I will do that. I said, good. So I went on my way. And so I don't remember now. I think it was two or three weeks later. Uh, I was up front speaking to people, and the usher came up to me, and he said, there's a lady here who wants to uh, have a moment with you. And I said, sure. So he brought her up, and I didn't recognize her. And she stood in front of me, and she said, you don't recognize me, do you? And I said, no, I don't. I said, I'm sorry. And she said, I was the lady you smiled at at the supermarket. I said, oh, my goodness. I said, you look totally different. And she said, I know. She said, you know, you told me to find a church. And she said, we came to this church because it's close to where we live. And she said, the people were so loving and so kind. And she said, and then Pastor Buddy, he just preaches the word and the Holy Spirit flows. And, and she said, we just love it here. She said, my husband has gotten born again. <laughs> and she said, my children have gotten born again. And she said, we are just doing so much better at home and things are so much more peaceful. And I just wanted to let you know. And I said, well, thank you. I, I love that testimony. Thank you for sharing. Well, you never know. You never know what one simple action is going to do for someone. So don't consider it lame. <laughs> like I did. <laughs> that just seems so insignificant to me, you know. Why? Because I'm joyful. I've got the joy of the Lord. I'm always full of joy. And I'm always smiling. And, you know, and you don't think about that in another person's shoes, you know. So anyway, so we have to listen and obey. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to bring this out because... To me, this is really important. Uh, my dad told me this story several times, and if you've heard him, you've probably heard him tell it or read it in one of his books. But he was talking about Smith Wigglesworth, and we were talking about the anointing. 
and uh, how important it was to learn to yield immediately to the Holy Spirit. And um, not wait, because your waiting is disobedience. Your waiting is disobedience. You have to learn when God speaks, you should move forward with what he says. And so he said that he felt like that Smith Wigglesworth was one that had really learned to do this. That when God spoke, he moved, you know. And he said that um, he told a story to me, and like I say, he told it to me several times, and if you've heard him, you've probably heard him tell it, but he said that Smith was reading and, and preaching on Romans 8, 11. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal body. And he said that he just kept emphasizing, kept emphasizing, quicken, kept emphasizing, quicken. He will quicken your mortal body. He will quicken your mortal body. And my dad would say to me, he said, you know, he said, I think there's a lot in that emphasis that we're going to lose if we're not careful. And we have. And so I was just looking at the word quicken. Quicken your mortal body. It's by the Holy Spirit. By that strong anointing. And that quickening means revive or make alive. So that same spirit, the Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you so he is going to revive you and make you alive. Hallelujah. Not only that, he's going to bring you to life or restore you and he's going to keep you in a position of, of a flourishing condition. I love that. So I just say, thank God, I'm in a flourishing condition by the Spirit of God. I flow in a flourishing condition in my body because of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Father God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's so important. We catch that and don't lose it. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And he's going to revive you. He's going to make you alive. He's going to bring you to life or restore you. And then after he does that, he's going to cause you to continually remain in a flourishing condition. Hallelujah. A flourishing condition. I love that. I walk in a flourishing condition because the Spirit of God lives in me. Hallelujah. And he quickens my mortal body. <laughs> he quickens my mortal body. Praise God. And he'll do the same for you. And I thank him every day for the quickening of the Holy Spirit in my body. He's made me alive unto him. He's made you alive unto him. And you don't have to receive what the enemy tries to put on you. It may take a little longer than what you want it to take sometimes to get yourself in that place of, of um, total freedom. But that's okay. It doesn't matter. We're the ones that's time conscious, not God. We're the ones that sets times and 
all this on things, not God. All he says is hear what my word says, believe it, receive it, and act on it. And when you act on it, that's putting your faith in action of what you have received and believed, and therefore you have it. So what do you do after you speak forth that word which you have received and believed? You speak it and you stand fast. How do you stand fast? You stand fast by rejoicing. You stand fast by singing and praising and worshiping God. You stand fast by every time the thought comes to you uh, negative compared to what you're believing and you have received and you're speaking, you speak to it. You say, nope, uh -uh. uh-uh. That's not God and I don't receive it. I receive only the word of God and I learn that and I have understanding of it through the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Truth. Who is the Spirit of Truth? That's what you do. That's what you do. You don't look at the circumstances. You don't look at what you feel. You know, Brother Ingalls has that song. No matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word is working mightily in me. So if you're, it's healing and Jesus is your healer, He is the Word. He is the Word, and He's working mightily in me. He lives in me. So He's working mightily in me. He doesn't stop. His anointing doesn't stop. And He has a healing anointing. If He's living in me, then His healing anointing is in me. You have understanding of that. His healing anointing is in me. I have it. Glory. (laughs) Glory to God. Somebody ought to have jumped up and danced about that time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because you got it. Hallelujah. (laughs) Whoa, that's excitement, right? You got it. It's excitement. Hallelujah. (laughs) Don't you love it? (laughs) Mama, mama, mama. Yeah, bye, bye. Yeah. 
Holy Ghost within you. You know, I, I, I'm not as agile as I used to be, but that's okay, too. I still have my ways of rejoicing, praising God. Amen. And every morning, you know, I thank God. When I stand up out of my bed, I say, thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. I'm walking forth in the fullness of all that you've given me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. So I flourish. So I flourish. So I flourish. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I flourish in Him. Oh. Hallelujah. Take hold of what God has given you and use it in your life. Practice it in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to the living God. I'm so glad I serve a living God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So glad I serve a living God. Oh, and he's alive in me. Praise the Lord, and I'm alive in him. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Mo mama ha ha. Well, did you learn anything today? Hallelujah. If you were listening... You did. Hallelujah. If you came to receive from God, you did. If you came to receive from man, you didn't get nothing. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> it's from God that receive all the good things. Why? Because he is a good God. Good all the time. Hallelujah. Oh, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. <coughs> That's why I can sing. I've got joy. Amen. Why? Because I got the Holy Ghost. There's always joy in the Holy Ghost, so I'm always joyful. Hallelujah. There's no need to have down in the dumps days. We have up in the spirit days. Hallelujah. And that's a joyful time. Hallelujah. I'd rather be up in the spirit than down in the dumps. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Any day. Any day. Any day. I'm done, Sister Nancy. <laughs> oh, glory. Glory. Woo. 
Jesus. Praise the Lord. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.